Today's broadcast of Bagels and Blessings has been previously recorded at an earlier time. Shalom, Chaverim. That's Hebrew for hello, friends. And Shabbat Shalom. That's Hebrew for Sabbath peace. This is Ethel Chadwick. Welcome to another week of Bagels and Blessings. Recently, I connected with Carolyn Hyde. So we had a lovely discussion. I'm going to feature some of her music, and then you'll hear her story. Stay with me, and I'll be right back. Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Congregation Shema Yisrael. We are a messianic congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the promised Messiah. Our services contain Jewish liturgy and Davidic dancing, and we celebrate the Feasts of Israel. We meet at our new location at 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton, and our services are Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock a.m. Please join us for worship. And while you're in the building, be sure to check out the Fig Tree Messianic Bookstore and Gift Shop. Now open on Mondays from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m., Wednesdays from 3 o'clock p.m. to 8.30 p.m., Thursdays from 3 p.m. to 5.30 p.m., and after Shabbat services on Saturday for about 30 minutes. You can call the Fig Tree Bookstore at 585-484-7775. The Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop is a great place for books, CDs, cards, jewelry, and so much more. So be sure to check them out when you visit the Congregational Building. And now, when you make a purchase at the Fig Tree Bookstore, you can fill out a raffle ticket. Those names will be drawn for a prize from Bagels and Blessings. So those of you in the Rochester, New York area, be sure to visit Shemayas Royale and the Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop and fill out your ticket for a chance to win a prize from Bagels and Blessings. Hi, Ethel. It's Jonathan. Jonathan Sattel. I just saw your message, and I am overjoyed for you to have been able to broadcast for 25 years. 
You have made multiple ripples in this lake of love. Lives you have touched with the Jewish Messiah has made life so rich and delicious. Thank you for using my music and thank you for being steadfast in your work. God bless you, friend. Here's to another quarter century. As promised, here is a song from Carolyn Hyde. This is Ose Shalom.
If you have had or have been involved in an abortion decision, you may be experiencing emotional difficulties. You may feel like your life is out of control or struggle with self-destructive behaviors. You can find freedom from these challenges. The ministry Finding Freedom and Forgiveness Post-Abortion can help. Groups are forming now. Please contact us at 585-204-7869, email us at fffpaclass at gmail.com, or visit us on the internet at f3pa.org. God bless you. Again, that number is 585-204-7869. Please call. We'd love to help. Next up, this is called For the Lord Dwells in Zion.
nos ha concedido un hijo. La soberanía reposará sobre sus hombros y se le darán estos nombres. Consejero admirable, Dios fuerte, Padre eterno, Príncipe de paz, se extenderán su soberanía y su paz no tendrá fin. What a beautiful song from Carolyn Hyde, For the Lord Dwells in Zion. And you know what else? He dwells in my heart. And if you've invited Yeshua into your heart, he dwells in your heart also. Well, I'm excited because in a little while we're going to hear my interview with Carolyn Hyde, but I've got more music to share also. She has a wide variety of songs and a beautiful voice and a sweet, sweet spirit. But right now, we're going to hear from one of my sponsors, which reminds me, if you'd like to support Bagels and Blessings, simply go to bagelsandblessings.com and you'll see the button that says Donate. And you can give any amount. It would really be appreciated because, after all, it just cost me $110 a week to stay on the air. And when you think about it, it's truly a miracle that I've been able to be on the air all this time. 25 years is a long time, darling. But anyway, let's hear from one of my faithful sponsors, Excellent Air Heating and Cooling. And if you're local, I hope you'll give them a call sometime. They're really good people. After all, they're excellent. I'd like to thank Excellent Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring Bagels and Blessings. Give them a call today at 585-889-7840. They're a family-owned and operated business. Their prices are fantastic. They will take care of your air conditioner in the summer and your furnace in the winter. Give them a call today because they love the Lord and they are excellent. Excellent Air Heating and Cooling, 585 889-7840. Here's another song from Carolyn Hyde. It's called Jonah.
Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Shema Yisrael Messianic Congregation. Your tax-deductible contributions will help keep this program on the air. Make checks out to Shema Yisrael, that's S-H-E-M-A-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, and please put Bagels and Blessings on the memo portion of your check. Send your contributions to Bagels and Blessings, Post Office Box 192, Scottsville, New York, 14546-0192. And you're invited to come and experience Messianic worship in person Saturday morning at 10 a.m. at our new location, 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton. And now for some more beautiful music from Carolyn Hyde. This is called Breathe. Thank you. 
rejoicing in your spirit and you brought us to your land to your holy Ethel Chadwick, you're listening to Bagels and Blessings. Stay tuned for an interview with Carolyn Hyde. But in the meantime, I found more of her music, and I'm going to share it with you right now. Al ha-mizbeach Al ha-mizbeach Lo
recognize the voice of Joshua Aaron on there. He sang right along with Carolyn Hyde, and that was called Keep the Fire Alive. Well, I think we have time for another song before the interview. Let me see what I can come up with. This next song is called Deep Calls to Deep. you wait 
And now, here's my interview with Carolyn Hyde. Carolyn Hyde, welcome back to Bagels and Blessings. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, it's exciting. You are an incredible person, as I remember, but I know that there are some people that didn't hear the interview before, so we'll start at Breshit at the beginning, for those that don't know Hebrew. So tell us a little bit about how you were raised. For example, were you raised in a Jewish or non-Jewish home? I was raised in a Jewish home and in an Orthodox Jewish synagogue. 
Um, so we were very religious. We did everything, and um, and I loved it growing up. Excellent. Yeah. And where did you grow up? Um, outside Chicago in Sterling, Illinois. It was a one synagogue town, uh, <laughs> so that's why the synagogue was Orthodox. Oh, all right. And did you have any friends that were Christians, or did you only associate with, with Jewish friends, or what was that like? Um, we pretty much kept to ourselves. Um, and I can, as I think about it now, I don't ever remember us having anyone in our home socially who was not Jewish. And we were never invited uh, to a Gentile home. Um, yeah, that, because growing up in the Orthodox synagogue, it wasn't just our religion. It was our way of life. Like, my mom was very active in the, sis the sisterhood, and so we'd um, just do everything at the synagogue. So almost all my friends uh, were Jewish. There were a few kids in the neighborhood who weren't, and, um, yeah, we, we would be friends, but, but the, you know, the, the closeness uh, wasn't there. There was always a little bit of distrust. Uh, part of the reason for that was because um, I remember... As a kid, kids at school um, throwing rocks at my brothers and I and calling us Christ killers. Mm. And so when we'd ask our parents, you know, who's Christ? Like, we didn't kill anybody. And my parents would just say, look, this is what Christians do to Jews. They hate us. So that's what I pretty much learned growing up. Um, yeah. Wow. Kept that way. So what about your yeah. feelings about God? I know as Jews, we often do a lot of things because it's tradition, but did you have uh -huh. any kind of a feeling about God? Um, I remember I used to um, do art and music as a kid. I still do it now. But drawing pictures with God, and he was always way far away in the clouds and didn't really seem to have much of an interest in us so my experience with god was more just like religion and not so much a relationship yeah, yeah. that's, that's and, pretty typical mm -hmm. yeah pretty sad actually because um you know i look back on it now and of course religion doesn't save us doesn't really do much <laughs> um it's all about relationship absolutely so Tell me a little bit about your journey to finding out that Jesus is the Messiah for the Jews. Okay. Um, so when I was in university, uh, I was an atheist. I just kind of gave up on everything. And um, I, so I got into the New Age. Um, and all my friends in the New Age were also Jewish. Uh, so we were kind of all lost together, <laughs> trying out this and that and, you know, all the different uh, uh, spheres of the New Age. Uh, everything I tried out, though, I, I would see through it as garbage and, and then move on and try something else. And, and at one point, I was, you know, just your typical hippie living in Mexico, singing in bars. Uh, I was a blues singer. Ooh. And, um, yeah, I had a vision. And in this vision, a host of angels was singing with me. And I remember looking up and seeing Yeshua, Jesus. And, and I remember saying, like, something fell off my eyes. 
and I could see clearly. I, I saw him clearly and, and just yelled out, it's Jesus and he's the Messiah. <laughs> and, and then it terrified me because I thought, oh my goodness, I must be the only Jew in the world who believes this. And, you know, so like, who can I talk to? Well, wait a minute. Wait, so, a minute. wait a minute. You're in a bar in singing in Mexico. No, yeah, I was a, a blues singer in bars in Mexico, but I was just in my bed when I had that vision. I was between waking and sleeping. All right. Well, here's the question, though. Had anybody said anything to you? Had you heard anything about him being Jewish? Because we don't generally, you know, we Jews don't generally think of him as Jewish. And like, did how did that happen? <laughs> well, um, actually, I mean, I remember in university days, people, probably Campus Crusade for Christ or one of those groups trying to witness to me different times, and I would always tell them to go to hell. <laughs> I, was, I was not nice. No, you I, I didn't. <gasps> I did. I was oh. very hostile. Oh, my God. Because gosh. that's how I grew up. I wonder, so, I wonder if somebody had been praying for you, Carolyn. Uh, yeah, I and I think I know who. There was a wonderful uh, lady. My dad was in the Schmata business, so, you know, he had a children's clothing store. And um, there was a wonderful lady, and I know she was a born-again Christian, because looking back, I, I just, you just know it. You know, someone is so just full of the love of God. And she always loved me. And even when I was going through beginning of my hippie days, and even my parents didn't, you know, they were like really hostile towards me uh, going that route. And, and she would just, just love me no matter what. Mm. And I think I'm, I'm sure she was praying. Nellie, <laughs> I'm sure she was praying for me. God so. bless Nellie. Okay. Amen. So you had this vision, you, you, you figured out that he is the Messiah. And what did you do next? <laughs> Um, well, it, I was near the end of my time in Mexico. I came back to, I was living in Virginia, and I was a nurse, so I just went back to work uh, doing home health nursing, and um, I didn't know who I could talk to. I was like, you know, this is too scary. So um, a lot of my patients were African-American, and, you know, it just you know, I'm changing dressings on their feet or whatever for diabetics or doing treatments. And they were probably trying to witness to me. And then I told some of them about my vision. So they, different ones, several of them were pastors and others were deacons. There were seven of them who just took it upon themselves one by one to disciple me. So I got discipled on the south side of Norfolk, Virginia. Oh, praise the <laughs> um, Lord. Well, what about yeah, meeting other Jews that believed? Did, did you know yet that there were other Jews that believed? Nope. I thought I was the only one. And that's for four years. Oh, my god! I was gosh. a secret believer. Uh-huh. So when did you uh, finally find out that you weren't the only one? <laughs> <laughs> it was after four years. I had this longing to hear the cold Nidre. Um, the era of Yom Kippur, and I, I always loved that liturgy, and um, and so you know how it is in the synagogues today. You know you have to buy tickets for the high holiday seat, um, and so and it's not you know like they're trying to sell religion, but it's just nobody goes to synagogue anymore, so they they've got to pay for the rabbi and the building and everything. So um, and I couldn't afford um, tickets, so 
um, I saw an ad in a newspaper for Keila um, Meshachid, a Messianic congregation, and I thought, oh, okay, that's free. Um, I can do that. So I had no idea what Messianic meant. And when I got there, uh, first person I met was a Jewish believer who told me, uh, yeah, there are lots of other Jews who believe. Wow, it was amazing. And then I was looking around and thinking, well, I guess all everybody here is Jewish, but they sure don't look Jewish. Uh, <laughs> so I asked, my, I asked my new friend, and, and she said, no, about 80% of the people here are born-again Christians. So I got a little upset and said, well, why are they here? They hate us. And she said, no, that is not true. Truly born-again Christians actually love the Jewish people. And I had never heard that in my life. So I went through a healing and, and a real deliverance in that congregation. And I'm very grateful um, that, that God led me into a, a good congregation and I could get disciples and, and well, I would already had already begun but you know during those four years the thought never occurred to me to go to a church because Jews don't go to church so it just never occurred to me um, Wow well tell me a little bit about how your life changed after you became a born-again Jewish believer okay um, well I, I was going through a, a pretty rough time in that time I um, had two little girls when I was pregnant with my second daughter uh, my husband left he ran off with another woman he said I don't want to have children I'm this is too noisy for me so he left and I was alone raising them and um, it was hard but you know I would work like a couple times a week and then raise my girls and, and be part of the, the messianic congregation and um yeah, in that time, um, it's, this is something I maybe just feel led to, I don't usually say this, but, um, you know, everybody gets lonely. And I was hoping to meet a husband, but I didn't, you know, I wanted to be careful with my, my girls because I didn't want them to feel rejected again. And um, so I just prayed, Lord, put me in order. Because from what I understand, uh, the biblical order is God is the head, and then the husband, and then the wife, and then the children. And so I was out of order. I didn't have a husband. So I prayed like that. And a short while later, uh, the Lord sent Richard, who not only fell in love with me, but with Deborah and Shana. And so we got married, and he adopted the girls. And then we had three more. Um, but he never uh, differentiated between these are my real children and these are no these I have five children and that's it mm, uh, praise God you know we'll talk more about it off air but you know you've almost told my story God is so good isn't he wow well, yes yes he is wow oh, wow I didn't know that yeah oh. yeah we'll talk more darling <laughs> yeah. we'll talk more okay. so now you ended up in Israel how did that happen <laughs> um well all my life, I knew that I would be there because my dad always said, America is not our home. Israel's the only home we have. Um, he and my mom were staunch Zionists. And um, so I always knew, but um, I never knew how. The Lord took us to live in Germany first. 
And um, I see why now. We didn't know why then. We, In fact, we fought him for two years trying to get out of it. <laughs> but uh, he always wins. Uh, so, um, yeah, um, we actually ended up um, having a public school ministry in Germany, um, sharing Yeshua and seeing thousands of uh, Germans get saved. Um which I kind of called it my sweet revenge. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, hold on one second. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, so um, at one point, it, yeah, the Lord led us to live north of Munich for two and a half years. And we uh, kind of knew we'd end up in Israel from there, but we didn't know how or when. And uh, after two and a half years of just nonstop ministry time in our home, uh, in, in the schools, we were like, oh, we need a vacation. And Richard wanted to go to Israel. Um, it's always the Gentile who wants to go to Israel, right? Um, <laughs> and it's always the Jew who doesn't want to go. So he wanted to go. I did. And so we prayed about it. And we thought, let's go to Prague. Um, you know, I've always wanted to say, I heard they had a great um, Jewish quarter there that was beautiful. So, um, and you know, in Europe, you don't have to travel with your car. You can take the train and the bike and your bicycles. So we did that with our three younger children. And um, yeah, we, we got to the border of Czech Republic and there was some festival. And after that, um, we rode our bikes a little further and then we, uh, hold on, in my purse. Then we drove on to, uh, well, we rode our bikes onto the next village. And again, we could not find a hotel. Um, just nothing was available because of this festival. So we kept riding and finally it got dark. And it was really, uh, the road became very treacherous. And, um, you know, winding and twisting through the hills. And it just, yeah, and it was pitch black in between the villages. There, there was no no light at all. So, um, and and then on top of that, the road had no border. Uh, and so when a vehicle would come behind us and towards us, we literally had to jump off our bikes, sometimes into a steep ditch. And so one of our boys got caught up pretty badly, Avi. And um, so then Richard said, that's it, we're sleeping in the forest. Uh, we, we didn't have sleeping bags, but we just bedded down in the woods, and it was quiet, and then we heard wolves. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah, um, and so we got back on our bikes. We were crying. We were praying. It, it was just insane, and then um, we got to another village, and we were, like, frantic by then, knocking on the door and just begging people if we could sleep in their yards so the wolves wouldn't get us, and everybody slammed the door on us. There was nowhere for us. And towards the end, the kids were so tired. Ariel almost rode his bike in, into an oncoming truck. I mean, it was bad. And finally, we got to a village. They had a hotel for a hotel room for two. Of course, we took it and put the kids on the floor. And I was so mad at God. I was like, how could you do this to us? You know, like the boys almost got killed. And, and, um, and I heard the Lord so clearly say, this is what it will be like when the hunters come. Go home now. Wow. So he was referring to Jeremiah sixteen sixteen, 
you know, I'll call for the hunter, I'll call for the fisherman first when I take you out of all the nations and bring you home. And then I'll call for the hunters and they'll hunt you down under every crevice of the rock. And we took that seriously. And in less than a year, we were Israeli citizens. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, and get this. Guess what's the name of the town where we got the call to make Aliyah? This is wild. Where? What is it? Bethlehem? Uh, no, we were in Czech Republic. Oh. Um, there really is a town with this name. Babylon. No way. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So you were called out of Babylon. <laughs> Literally. Literally. <gasps> my goodness. My goodness. Well... It would be awful if I didn't mention your music ministry. So we, we have to talk a little bit about your talent and what God has done with your uh, talent and where people can get a hold of your music and, and how that all came uh, about. Tell me everything. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we just released a new um, lyric video. I'm, I'm very happy with it. Um, and uh, actually, one day, a good friend of ours came over. You know him, too, Joshua Aaron. Of course, and yes. He and Richard and I sat down and we wrote a song together for intercessors who pray for Israel. And it's um, for, there's a ministry called the Altar of Prayer. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that, but um, two friends of mine started it. And I have a, a watch on there every Wednesday uh, afternoon, Israeli time. And I just love doing this. So anyway, we wrote this song and, and just released that. It's called Esh Tamid Tukat, Keep the Fire Alive on Ooh, the Altar. I can't wait to hear and, that. Um, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll send you a link for it. Um, and But anyway, yeah, regarding the altar prayer, by the way, that that is a ministry in and of itself because we do a lot on the streets. But this opened up a whole new door for us because one day, um, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, I was in Jerusalem visiting our youngest daughter, Eliana, and I knew I wouldn't get home in time uh, for my watch on the altar of prayer. And the Lord spoke to me anyway and said, just walk the streets of Jerusalem. So I began to walk and I had, you know, I was looking at my phone at the intercessors and talking and, and we got to the Sachnut, the um, Jewish agency. So what a great place to pray for Aliyah. <laughs> and um, then afterwards, I continued walking and I felt the Lord say, turn your phone out. Let them see what you're seeing. So I thought, well, that's kind of strange, but okay. <laughs> and um, uh, I just walked up to this man and his wife, or I thought it was his wife, but a uh, friend. And and. I just pointed to my phone and said, These are Christians from around the world who love Israel. And so the man took my phone and was talking and to the intercessors, like, Oh, come to Israel, we miss you. You know, it was really sweet. And, um, and one of the intercessors asked, Can we pray for you? Can we bless you? And it turned out they had a very big need. So we were able to pray for them right on the street. So that launched a whole ministry because normally when you do a you know a, a prayer watch, you're sitting at your computer and everybody else's and you're on Zoom and uh, but this was different. This was um, on the street and since then we have just been prayer walking a lot on the street, uh, even when we're not on the altar of prayer. 
And I just love doing that. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. So is there a, a website or a place people can go to get your music and find out more about you? Sure, sure. Um, it's Heart of God, and God is spelled G hyphen D. Uh, it's an old Orthodox Jewish custom, uh, just done out of reverence for the name of God, so we don't write his name out. Um, and it's .org, so heartofgod.org. And um, very easy to find us. And the main thing we do there, though, is we're sharing the gospel. Of course, obviously worshiping the Lord, too, with all the worship music venues that God has opened. But we work with our two sons, um, and their ministry is called Tree of Life Israel. Um, And making videos, you've probably seen um, Isaiah 53, the forbidden chapter, with the young man on the street, interviewing Israelis, asking them to read Isaiah 53. I think so. It's all in Hebrew. Yeah, Yeah, it's all in Hebrew with English subtitles. That's our son, Ariel. And um, he and our younger son, Avi, and Richard and I, we work together with a team, um, making videos and sharing the gospel. What happens with those videos, we put them on social media, and then, yeah, sometimes people curse and stuff, but... Many times, Israelis will write and say, uh, tell me more. Uh, or, I had a dream, I saw a man in white, and I think it was Yeshua, can I talk to you? So, it was just a family thing, but now we have 12 full-time evangelists mm. um, who we're helping support, and it is such a privilege. Praise the Lord. Well, believe it or not, we're almost at the end of our time together. Is there any way you'd like us to be praying for you guys? Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, praying for our uh, our three prodigal daughters um, to come back to Yeshua. Um, we have 16 grandchildren. Mazel tov! Oh my gosh! Um, they're all Tzavarim, native-born Israelis. And so just sometimes because, you know, you know this when you're in full-time ministry, the attacks of the enemy are not pretty. And so just praying for protection and anointing for the anointing to increase on the believers that we can reach more and more people with the good news of our lord and king yeshua Mm, amen 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 well it's just wonderful to reconnect with you and i know i know that the lord is going to say to you one day well done good and faithful servant and God bless you for what you're doing and, and your wonderful family. And I wish you safe travels. And please do keep in touch with me, Carolyn. Oh, yeah, I would love that. And if I come to New York, I'll definitely let you know. The Lord, he gives dreams and visions, and that's how we travel now. Cool. Just, yeah. He speaks, and we try to listen. That's, Amen. That's our biggest passion is discerning the voice of the Lord. We need it now. Amen. Amen. All right, my dear, we'll stay in touch and we'll say shalom and lehitraot. Amen. Thank you. Shalom. This is Carolyn Hyde from Israel, and you're listening to Bagels and Blessings. That was a fun interview, and I didn't even get a chance to talk about Simchat Torah, where you roll back the scroll to the beginning and start over again with Genesis. And when this goes on the air, we will be celebrating Simcha Torah, and we rejoice, and we dance around with the Torah, 
And so I just want you to know that I'm aware of the holiday, but I got so excited about the interview with Carolyn Hyde, so excited about her music, just kind of got all caught up. But right now, it's time for the Ironic Benediction with Phil Klein. God bless you. I'll see you back here next week. Same time, same station. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. This is Ethel Chadwick saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be with you. Remember, every day of your life is an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom. <laughs>